Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Spark Thing 160 EN podcast. This will be podcast number 39. Uh, joined here by a big panel. Uh, but first, let's get to our guest, Joel, all the way from Luxembourg. How are you doing, bro? Yeah, doing great. Good, good. It's a pleasure to have on, bro. Uh, hope you uh, like the, the little podcast we do here. And Bye, uh, let me get to the rest of the panel. Thank you, thank you. Let me get to the rest of the panel. We have Steph. Steph, how you doing, bro? I'm okay. Today, we have a guy from Luxembourg. He speaks like 10 languages. So uh, we're going to use our language skills. Uh, but I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing okay. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Patrick, all the way from the UK. How you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I'm all right. Um, yeah, I'm good. Beautiful. And then also by our boy Chris. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, kind of an up and down weekend for, for Sporting. Uh, always some turmoil and some uncertainty. Never normal, but uh, I'm doing all right myself. Yeah, you know, turmoil and uncertainty is a basically normal for Sporting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so before we get into um, the Santa Clara game and all of that talking about Sporting, I'm going to pass it off to Steph. We have some questions for our boy all the way from Luxembourg, Joel. So, Steph, take it away, bro. Okay, sounds good. So, you ready, Joel? Uh, like they're ready. Okay, so here it is. Now we're going to be on the hot seat. We're going to help you a couple. We're going to ask you a couple of questions. Nothing crazy, but I'm going to test your knowledge about our sporting. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't go too bad on you, okay? I, I promise. <laughs> right, I would appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long have you been a Sportingista? Uh, basically, all my life, man. I mean, as far back as I can remember, I've been a sporting East. Okay, how old are you? So we can have... Uh, I'm 26 years old. 26 years old. So you've been yeah. a sporting East for 26 years. Correct. Who was the biggest influence in your life to become a sporting East? Uh, I've got to say my dad. And ironically, also my uncle, which is actually a Benfica. But he annoyed me so much back then that I told myself, no way I'm going to be the Vigista. So, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, that's about it, yeah. But, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely my dad, yeah. Okay. So, have you been to uh, Stade du Zavalat? Oh, yeah, I, I did a couple of times. Probably my biggest game was uh, against Real Madrid uh, back in 2016, if I'm not uh, wrong. So yeah, that was that was the best game I've I've seen from from sporting life. Okay, so what was the most memorable memorable game of sporting? Oh man, um, just based on upon on uh, the level of screams that I did, um, I've got to say the five three game against Benfica uh, for the half half final. Uh, for the Portuguese Cup. Oh, that's in Portugal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and a couple more questions, and uh, then you'll be you'll be off the hot seat. Uh, your most favorite uh, player of, of all times. It could be a player in this in this season or any any other season of all time. I, honestly, uh, I think it's Ricardo Sapiens. Honestly. I really liked it back then, uh, like the, the rasa that he showed 
when he played for us. Uh, yeah, I think he's one of my favorite, all-time favorite players. Okay, good. Good shout. Yeah, good shout. That's, that's a good choice. I like him too. Um, and now, uh, easy question, I think. Who's our team, <laughs> who's our team manager? Team manager? Uh, Pep Guardiola. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I our, our team manager. Team manager. Yeah. I mean, you from from Sporting. Yeah, Marcel Kaiser. No, he's he's our coach. The team manager. Okay, it, it, I'll give you that. It's a uh, Uber Severino. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, okay, okay. No, I've got that mixed up. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's my fault. I should have asked a different way. So now you're up the hot seat. But uh, Danny, back at you. All right, bro. Well done. Um, hey, we'll we'll just get straight into the uh, Santa Clara game. Sporting won one nothing. Our starting eleven was as followed. It was Renan Ribeiro in net, Christian Borja, Mathieu, uh, Sebastian Quatz, and Ristovski in defense. We had Dumbia, Bruno Fernandes, and Wendell in midfield. Acuña, Rafinha on the wings, and Bazdas up front. Uh, Joel, seeing as you're our guest, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. What did you think of the game, bro? Um, I honestly think that we we quite dominated for most of the game, actually. I think we we played a lot um, through the wings. We had some couple of difficulties to go through the middle. And I think that's why we didn't really create a lot of chances at the end of the, at the, end of the day. So... Um, yeah, I think we, we lacked a lot of, at least in the, in the first half, we lacked a lot of pace and tempo. Like we, we, we really didn't like get the ball uh, fast to the other side. And Santa Clara always controlled the defensive play that they had. So, yeah, I mean, it was, was actually quite a tough game, you know. But yeah, we luckily, we, we ended up scoring on a... On a what was again the Rafinha goal, assisted uh, by Bruno Fernandes after a throw-in. So a quick play again. That's what I was mentioning the the lack of pace, and uh, and yeah. Um, yeah. What else can I say? There, there actually wasn't wasn't much to say about the game. It was actually quite a boring game, but but yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I agree. It was it was pretty boring. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll, we'll try to keep this rolling, though. Patrick, what did you think of the game, bro? Um, yeah, obviously it wasn't the most most entertaining game we'll see this season. But um, you know, following on from what Joe said, I think we we um, we controlled the game quite well. In part, Santa Clara came and tried to press us. Uh, when they could, and they kept their midfield very narrow. And by doing that, I think uh, we saw. Uh, a little less of Vendel and, and Bruno Fernandes than we would have liked, but uh, in between that, I thought the introduction of Dumbia was quite uh, quite interesting uh, over Goodelli because um, I think I think we found a, a different kind of flow. I think he's he's a more mobile player and, and flexible in the way that we can operate with possession. So uh, that aspect of the game was quite pleasing to see, and um, because obviously Santa Clara tried to pack in their midfield and, and make things difficult for us. To find the likes of Endo and Bruno Fernandes, I think we saw some interesting combinations down the wings as well, um, with Rafinha, Ristovski, and Acuna and Borja, who's um, impressing me every week. Um, uh, so you know, th there are a few nice things um, 
to take from the game, as boring as some may find it. I thought I thought it was still uh, um, a, a well a well won game um, in which Sporting were the dominant side. Uh, we got a clean sheet, which is um, relatively um, difficult to attain under Kaiser. So um, a clean sheet, three points. I think that's all that matters. Um, coming out of, I mean, Santa Clara are a difficult team, so they could have caused us, caused us troubles in, in different ways. But uh, we skipped past that and, and got the win. So you know, it's it's something you'll take, isn't it? So quite happy with it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And um, Chris, just like just like Patrick said, Santa Clara is a really good team. Um, they're actually in the top half of the of the table. I believe they're in eighth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but what did you think of the game, Chris? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> as it was as mentioned, obviously the game itself wasn't anything crazy. But um, you know what I took away from it more were uh, certain individual performances. Um, you know, I thought uh, Rafinha uh, was excellent. Uh, obviously, um, you know, I really think that he has cemented himself as the starter out on that right wing. Um, I mean, now there's obviously news that, you know, Diaby potentially could be sold. I don't really know how it took Kaiser this long to realize that Rafinha was a, a better, more dynamic option. Um, <clears throat> and he, he also has uh, a bit of, uh, a bit of you know, ability to, to, to whip one in from, from outside the box, you know, a bit of a finish, finishing ability that I don't think Diaby really has. Um, and I, I think he's more dynamic, kind of taking guys on one-on-one as well. So, I mean, overall, he's, he's just a better option. I mean, we've been shouting at him to play him more, um, and I think it's kind of, uh, kind of cemented now that he, he's the man moving forward, which is definitely a positive to take away from it. Um, I thought Dumbia uh, was excellent, especially in the first half. Um, he he kind of gets himself into trouble when he tries to do a little bit too much, uh, dribbling, uh, um, so I think that that is kind of where he kind of fell off. I do think Kaiser was too quick to to pull him out. Obviously, he wasn't quite as good in that in the second half, but I mean, I don't really think he deserved to be to be subbed out. Um, but it was nice to see uh, Miguel Luis get some time. Uh, but um, yeah, especially defensively. I mean, Dumbia brings so much more to the table than uh, than Gudeli does. I mean, Gudeli's a, a traffic cone out there defensively and and Dumbia was constantly winning the ball back um he had more interceptions tackles balls won than anyone else on the field um so it was kind of refreshing to see uh our number six play with that kind of you know ball winning tenacity that you know a number six really should should have those are characteristics that you kind of need from a number six in my opinion so it was refreshing to see that I mean obviously he still has a lot to grow um, decision-making-wise, offensively, a lot to grow. But the kid's young. Um, he finally got a chance to start, and uh, I definitely think he made the most out of his opportunity. And, uh, you know, hopefully we see more of him. And, uh, you know, Goodell is another guy who, who's been rumored that they're not going to buy him permanently um, from his Chinese team. So, I mean, there's no reason to play him at this point. <laughs> we know what he is. We know what he's capable of. We've seen it too many times and uh, I, I think that it should be Dumbia uh, going forward definitely think he earned it um, some other 
you know, shout-outs, I guess, for performances. I thought Bruno Fernandes, obviously, wasn't his best game, but we kind of hold him to a higher standard than, than most. Uh, I mean, it was an average game for him, but, I mean, an average game for him is a better game than most players have on a normal basis. Um, I thought Borja uh, was okay. Um, I thought our center backs were okay. Um, Matthew and Coates. Um Acuna as well. I thought he was all right. Uh, Renan Ribeiro was all right as well. Um, Baz Doss, another pretty poor game from him. Uh, don't know if that is ever going to resolve itself. I don't really yeah. know what what his issue is. He, I think he needs like a PK or uh, a tap-in or something to kind of get out of this funk. But, yeah, it's getting very, very painful to, to continue to see him out there struggling with such a lack of confidence. And, uh, yeah, I mean, those are my main takeaways from the game. Glad we got the result. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, last but not least, Steph, uh, give me your two cents on the game, bro. Yeah, I won't take too long. But uh, basically, you know, everyone summed it up pretty good. Joel, uh, Chris, and, and, and Patrick did a pretty good job. Uh, but if, um, if, if uh, we, we had to have a, a winner, definitely it would have to be Sporting. I mean, I, kinda, uh, I counted the, uh, the dangerous plays. Sporting had a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight dangerous plays against two from Santa Clara. Uh, and I'm talking about possibilities of goal, imminent goal. So there's no doubt that... Um, uh, Sporting dominated the whole game, even though it was not a pretty game. Um, Santa Clara is a very consistent team. Um, they they not they know how to play football. They're not a shitty team whatsoever. They have a good coach, Uzwan uh, uh He knows what he's doing. He has a lot of players with a lot of uh, experience, like Bruno Lemus, very good uh, in midfield. Uh, they have like uh, Martin and Crean. Really good, Juan Lucas, Fabio Cardoso says it. Pa- Patrick Vieira, uh, not the one from Arsenal. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> yeah, clearly. He's over training at uh, Lille. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, uh, Nice. Yes, exactly. But they Patrick have an... is a maniac, by the way, I might add. That, that, are you talking about the right back? Yes. Yeah. He, he is an absolute <sighs> maniac. He would run yeah, through a brick is. wall if, if the coach told him to. Exactly. Yeah. So... So they, you know, there's a reason why they they already guaranteed uh, the the uh, permanent spot in the first league, Portuguese league. Uh, they have accumulated enough points to do so. So we didn't play against a bullshit team. We played against a good a good team. We barely won at Santa Clara at Azores. We won two one when the Tiago Fernandes was the coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you guys remember that game, I don't even know how we won. We got very lucky. Um, well, with that said, I mean, Acuna had a great chance to open up, opening up this, cor- this scoring line at minute 21st. And then after that, minute 33rd and a direct kick, Mathieu, he could have scored as well. Then minute 36, Rafinha, he could have done a better job. Uh, then uh, minute 40, 41st, Wendell. Then opening up the second half, you had Rafinha again with a great chance of goal and he just couldn't deliver. Then uh, minute 50 seconds, Santa Clara had a really good chance inside the box. And he, the, the good for Sporting, he, he totally shanked uh, it. And then Brut Fernandes, minute 58. And goal by Rafinha, uh, following a few seconds later, by a great, great play by Brun Fernandes. Like always, he's, he, can, he has a great vision of the game. 
and he, he smelled blood. He saw he saw Santa Clara falling asleep, and he on the left wing he sprinted, passed the ball, and Rafinha by himself he, he scored an, an, a beautiful goal. And then um, a, a shot off the box from uh, Bruno Fernandes could have scored again. And then towards the end, we we took we took a, a crap again. The on the last ten minutes, I was holding on to my balls seriously because. We play like we play like shit the last ten minutes, and then Santa Clara at the uh, at the eighty third minute they could have scored in a yeah. very dangerous play. So overall, we deserve to win, but um, uh, it would have been much more comfortable for me and my heart if we won like for, by three nothing or something. And your uh, balls. And my balls. <laughs> 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 but besides besides that. It, it was a boring game, yes, indeed. But that's because Santa Clara didn't allow Spartan to play with more speed. They played on a four-three-three, and we played on a four-three-three as well. So it was like just a a chess game, and to see who made the least mistakes, and uh, we made the least mistakes, and uh, we won in uh, fair and square. And I thought Stubal would have won against Braga, but, but they did, motherfuckers. And that's it. <laughs> that's yeah, fair enough. Um, Sorry if I'm trapped, but it also no, Santa no, Clara, they, I think they, they hadn't conceded a goal in a couple of away games as well. Is that correct? I think uh, I've heard something like that. Yeah. yeah I they, think it was right. something I like think, I think it was like yeah. three or four games like where they didn't yeah. concede. Yeah, they didn't so, concede for three yeah. games. They conceded just once against Riwa, but they ended up winning that game yeah. anyway. So. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're a good team defensively for sure. Um, they're, I mean, they're easily staying up, something that I didn't think possible, to be fair, when they first came into the league. Um, yes. Be just because of the flying between Asurge and uh, the continent, I would always think would take maybe a toll on the players, but uh, they, no. they've proven their worth. Fair that's, enough. That's like half an hour. Yeah, but uh, fair enough. But you're still, it's still that inconvenience, you know what I mean? Fuck, okay. You're crazy, dude. No, it, that's, it's, easy if, it's easy if you're flying out just to Porto and, and to Lisboa. That's fair. But like, don't forget, they soft. They they sometimes go to Villa de Con. They sometimes go to Portimão and, and shit yeah, like yeah. that. It, yeah. But you, know, you make it, you make it sound like Portugal is really big. It's little, not fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, you know, they're racking up those mileage. They they'll fly in first class. If <laughs> <laughs> they have air miles, they're set. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, Santa Clara is in eighth place with thirty two points, which which normally thirty two points will guarantee you. We'll guarantee you the first lead. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, Joel, I'll, I'll hit this question to you. Um, some of the boys have already touched on it, but uh, I'll ask your opinion on it. What are your thoughts on Dumbia? Um, I mean, does he convince yeah. you uh, over Gudeli? And, and do you honestly, think Kaiser, he convinced Kaiser over Gudeli? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, honestly, right off the bat, I think Gudeli, after, after Dumbia's uh, performance against Santa Clara, I think Gudeli should be banned from from ever starting again <laughs> a sporting game. Honestly, I think he, he he had like tons of interceptions and ball recoveries. He was defensively he was really top notch in my opinion. And yeah, to answer your question about if he if he um, if Kaiser would use him instead of Gudeli, I I sure hope so, man. I mean, he he already showed it. More than once that he's better than Gudeli and and yeah, I mean Kaiser has no has no uh, has no reason to to continue to to play Gudeli instead of Dumbia, in my opinion. 
Yeah. And uh, so let's look a bit ahead to the next season. Do you think, um, I mean, Dumbia should stay with us, right? Um, uh, do you think we yeah. should be in the market yeah. for another seat, uh, another six or center defensive mid? Or uh, um, do you think that him and maybe even Bruno Page or the academy player can sort of take that role themselves? Yeah, I think Bruno Page can can easily step in as a as not a replacement, but like a, as a as a second choice for for Dumbia, or maybe even like uh, like play 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 as a. a it's not, maybe not the same amount, but like a good amount in yeah, in like rotate between the yeah. Two. yeah. So I, I think as a as a defensive mid, we we are we have good good players at the moment with Brunpage and and Dumbia. Yeah, I yeah. don't think we we should 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 get any other. Yeah, I I actually agree with you there too as well. Um, Chris, I, I'll I'll throw this next one off to you. Uh, again, there's not really much to talk about, but uh. I mean, are we deserved winners? And, and do you sort of, after the game, Bruno Fernandes came out and said, uh, um, actually, never mind. Are we deserved winners? What do you think? Yeah, I think that we're, we're deserved winners. We created more chances uh, over the course of the game. And, uh, I mean, obviously we weren't incredible or anything but I mean one nil uh, maybe two nil definitely a, a fair scoreline um, you know the, obviously one nil is dangerous especially when you, you kind of don't play that that good the last 10 minutes and they kind of grew into the game and got more confidence you could see their confidence growing in the way they were playing um, but yeah I mean to answer the question directly I, I do think we were just really winners Fair. And uh, Patrick, next question. Um, Bruno Fernandes after the game sort of came out and said uh, he, he wasn't really happy with... Uh, the, I don't know if he worded it as the team's decision or just uh, the way the team just decided to sit back and, and try to defend the one nothing lead and that um, we should be going for maybe more goals or whatnot. Uh, do you agree with him on that stance or do you think at this point it's better safe than sorry and, and pragmatism sort of... Uh, should play a big role in us seeing out some of these games. Well, in a way, we did uh, go for more goals, but the way we did that was by um, what I thought was the natural thing for Kaiser to do was to be compact and look to hit him on the break. And if you um, look at the game closely, we certainly um, had our moments on the counter where perhaps we took the wrong decision. But if we take the right one, we might um, unlock uh, the door and get a second goal. I thought I thought I thought Kaiser was pretty much spot on with um, what he did in, in maintaining his his posture, keeping it tight at the back, and waiting for the opportunities to catch Santa Clara on the break. Um, on another day, we get uh, one or two more goals because um, it's easy to forget, you know. As I, as I mentioned before, uh, we haven't got many clean sheets uh, under Kaiser, so our defense is uh, fragile. To to be one nil up and then continue playing the same way in search of a second, um, I think that would be irresponsible. And um, it, it that's what would be said anyway, had we done that and, and conceded and, and drawn the game on one potentially. So I thought Kaiser was 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 right to do what he did. Um, and, you know, as I said, barring one or two decisions, perhaps we walk away from that game uh, uh, with an even bigger scoreline, one or, uh, two or three now. Um, we we just yeah. didn't get th those uh, decisions in the final thirds correct, 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm happy with uh, how the the last few minutes unfolded. I could, I could certainly see um, what Kaiser was going for. Yeah, uh, uh, and I agree with you as well. Um, and Steph, last question really on this game, sort of a hot bun to- topic. So if if anybody um, has their two cents to throw in, please throw it in. Um, I unfortunately didn't watch the end of the game, but uh, I seen clips and then everybody was talking about it on Twitter about uh, the Joven Cabral situation, how he was warming up basically the entire second half. Um, they told him to suit up and then they never ended up throwing him in. Um, it's sort of, it's actually the second game in a row where we only play two subs. Um, he, the kid seemed visibly pissed. Um, give me your two cents on, on, on the situation and is it, where where we can then say you know maybe the club isn't doing right by our academy players and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, most that's that's uh, that's actually um, a really good statement. Um, it, it seems it seems like uh, Kaiser is getting uh, mixed information from the upper management. Um, I would love to say that uh, coaches and nowadays they make uh, all the decisions themselves, but they don't. Even buying the players, it's the scouting department. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure coaches that they they give their two cents, but but it, it looks like um, it, it looks like upper management is kind of involved in this one. Um, and uh, because when he first came to Sporting, he, he he basically gave the benefit of the doubt and he watched our youth and he used them quite a lot. And then little by little. They kind of disappeared, uh, and then now there's uh, we, we, we're suspicious about women, uh, George Minj. Is he the one creating all this problem? I, I don't even know if that's a, a true statement. If there's a, any, if there's a leg to stand on, uh, but you know what happened to Miguel Luis? All of a sudden, he unlearned what he what he's learned at the, at the academy. What happened to Brun Paz? They gave him a couple chances, and then uh, Gudeli. Before Dumbia came into Sporting, why wasn't Brunpas given a chance? Um, and I could say so many names from the youth academy. Some of them are, are leaving. We are, we're about to lose Felix, another great uh, uh, center yeah. back. So it, it's the winger, mess- winger. 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 I'm sorry, the winger. The the center back was Jalo, uh, which yeah. he already left, uh, by the way. Uh, so yeah. the thing is. We we have to be cautious. If if we don't if we don't treat our, our youth the way it's supposed to, I'm not saying to promote all of them all at the same time because we do know that's impossible. But for for sure, um, everybody agrees that uh, the Abbey doesn't belong to Spartan. So therefore, we could be testing uh, someone from the under twenty three team. At this point, we have only eight games left. If we count the Tasa de Liga then it's nine and possibly 10 if we make it to the final. But, but if I'm Kaiser, I'm testing the youth now. I'm putting aside Diaby, uh, Goodelts, you know, th- those players, I'm not counting on them no more. Okay, it sucks that we have to pay their salary, but you know what? Put them on the bench and start, start testing the youth that we have, which is very promising, which you'll have to rely on next year because we got no money. So therefore... Uh, you know, if you buy one or two players next year, you know, I, I would understand that. But it has to be quality players. Buying garbage players, it doesn't pay off because we see it now. Everyone is like, why would you buy Diaby? 
why would you buy Goodell from China? If he went to China, there's a reason why. Because he's not that good. You know what I mean? I mean, so all I got to say is uh, I feel sorry for Giovanni Cabral because uh, he was super motivated. He was scoring goals. He was making the difference when he first came in with Pizarro. Um And all of a sudden, you take away soul and motivation, and of course, he's going, he's going down the hill. He's, 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 he feels uh, like they gave up on him. Uh, calling him to the A squad only and practicing every day with this A squad, that, that's great if it's the, the first steps of your career. But then if you, when you have the taste of playing 90 minutes uh, and, and now they take it away from you, that's a stab yeah. in the back and you're not progressing. You know, you're going backwards, actually. So that's how he feels, I'm pretty sure. Um, and when you treat our players, our young players like that, made it in sporting like shit, then they will feel like shit. And I sympathize with them, and I believe in our youth. Uh, uh, in the contrary, that a lot of people are saying that our economy is, doing, is not doing that great, that's really bullshit. Uh, they, like I said the last podcast, and... Under 15, we're in first place. Under 17, we in first place. Under 19, okay, we lost 5-1 against Football Club Port. But you know what? In the youth academy, in the youth leagues, that's very common, uh, believe it or not. Because we, yeah, we won against we won against 4-1 in the Juvenis. But it don't mean shit because uh, it was just one game. The, the next game, we could lose against uh, Befica 4-1 because I've seen it uh, done before. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, it's a question of being uh, – it's a young team, and when they start losing and they, they, don't, they, they go after the, the, the score and then they open up and uh, it's easy to be Goliath. But, you know, with that said, to finish it up and to wrap it up, uh, Kaiser has to do a much better job in managing our youth, uh, putting someone warming up for 40, 45 minutes and he doesn't even play. Uh, it's, it's insulting the, uh, the player's intelligence. And taking away soul and motivation. Yeah, yeah. And um, lastly, I'll give this one off to our to our guest Joel. Uh, it's sort of on the same note, um, but I guess the only silver lining is um, the the want of of Miguel Luis uh, playing. We we sort of got that for for about half an hour in the game. Um, one, what are, what were your thoughts of of Miguel Luis? Uh, his little cameo for thirty minutes. And um, and and also, I want to I want to hear your two cents on on our sort of academy situation. Um, yeah, I mean, Miguel Luis came in actually. I think it was almost almost 80th minute, if I'm not correct, if I'm not wrong, sorry. Uh, so yeah, not not even 30 minutes. He he had to play. So I mean, from the from the couple of minutes he had, I think he he showed he already showed potential, but yet again he showed that he. He can uh, he can oh, give more sporting so so yeah I, I like I like the couple of minutes he had uh, at least better than than last weekend where he only had like what three four minutes so that's already an yeah. upgrade maybe next weekend he'll he'll have another ten minutes additional to that um, <laughs> but yeah uh, what actually what what pissed me more off was that uh, Kaiser subbed in. Uh, Diaby against Borja. So what I didn't understand was why not give Jovan a chance? Like uh, like he said before, you know, like uh, we have nothing to lose. We only have eight matches left. 
give the give the youth uh, a chance and i think this was a, a golden opportunity for for jovan and is Diaby better than jovan i i doubt it you know so i i really did not understood that um that sub um yeah if we about our, our youth um yeah people people say that foreign youth was or is bad but and that Benfica youth was was so great, but we won against them in the U23 uh, 2-1. So they can't be that bad. Um, I think it's more of like, I don't know, maybe maybe is, is the media telling us that we are too bad? I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't think that we are that bad off. We have quality players. We always had them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100% with you. Um, sort of moving on to, to sort of just, um, the rumors actually came out yesterday. Um, I'll, I'll throw this one off to Chris first because I, I'm sure it was you that tweeted it. Kaiser is listening to us finally. Um, so speak on, on, um, some of the rumors that, that have been coming off Chris with, um, him not wanting to sell Rafinha and, and Diaby potentially being, um, at least, you know, us trying to sell Diaby. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just want to touch on the, the previous topic real quick. Yeah, obviously for Jovan, I think the reason that he was more pissed off than just average, obviously warming up for a long time and not going in is frustrating enough. But number one, he saw Diaby get subbed in before him. Who He took out Borja for no apparent reason at all. He moved Acuna back to outside back and then he put Diaby on the wing. Borja was having a fine game. I mean, I've been impressed with Borja. I mean, typically you don't really sub off outside backs that often. You don't really touch the back line unless there's something, an injury, or someone's having a shocker. So, I mean, substitution itself really was didn't really make much sense to me. Um, and then towards the end, uh, Rafinha went down. He, he was hurt. He was grabbing his knee. I mean, I thought it could have been more serious. So then Kaiser told Cabral, like, oh, you're, you're going in. He was taking off his penny and putting on his jersey and stuff. And then, you know, it kind of walked it off, and then he just stayed on. That was probably, like, between probably the 85th and, like, the 88th minute. So, I mean, not only did he warm up the entire time, he watched someone get subbed in before him who plays the same position and is objectively worse than him. And then he was told he was going in and then didn't even go in. So, I mean, I... I understand why he was so pissed off. I mean, I would be too. I've been there before. I mean, I played soccer, so it sucks. Um, and then, yeah, just to kind of touch on uh, those rumors, to me, um, you know, I think it's great news. I mean, it's it's things that we've been saying for a while now. Um, it's amazing that, I mean, so I'm just going to speak from, the are going to happen. Um, first, he's finally realized that Rafinha is his best winger and that he should be a regular starter and a big part of the team, not only now, but going forward into next season. Correct decision. We've known Rafinha was a great player. He's, he's dynamic. He brings more to the table than others. He's constantly creating chances. I just feel like we're more dangerous offensively than when he's on compared to anyone else. Um, Second, he wants to sell Diaby, potentially. The thing that scares me the most is, is getting back that investment. I mean, we paid 7.5 yeah. million euros for him. 
we go to the market this summer, I do not really know who's lining up to buy him for that much, unless we're sending him to China or something. Um, Because at the very minimum, you know, you want to get like eight, nine million for him to not only make your investment back, but make some money. Uh, you know, same performances, but I mean, I think we need to sell to, I think there in one of the articles I read, Turkish clubs are interested. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a good sign because they typically mm-hmm. have money. So I mean, yeah. if Galatasaray wants to pay us 9 million for him, I'll drive him to the airport, you know? Um, <laughs> well, well, actually Turkish teams are sort of, um, breaking down. Yeah. yeah like Vizquitas yeah. hasn't played, paid some of their players and stuff like that. So Bet- I don't know if it's still the same. Pep, yeah, he had yeah. to leave. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah Pe- apparently, when Pep did leave, he paid for some of the players' fucking salaries. No, he no. Like, Here, I'll leave, but here's the money. The, yeah. The staff, the, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. the staff. Yeah, the staff. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not. I guess that that's not necessarily a good sign then. But I mean, but I that guess- might only be Basquitas. To be fair, I think I'm being a little too general when I'm saying that's Turkish. Club. It yeah, might just be their yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah. Basquitas is financial trouble. Um, yeah. I think one of the other two. Big ones I think well. Fener Bachi as well, because even yeah. they're like fighting relegation even right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, Galata- it's got to be Galatasaray. Hopefully, or even um, that new team. What's their name? Uh, Basikashir or whatever yeah. their name yeah. is. That's yeah. been challenging. Epa, que vá para o caralho que a gente recebeu dinheiro, mais nada. Agree, man. Agree. And then the final part of that, like three-part rumor, basically was. Uh, I don't remember the players exactly. I don't have them in front of me. Um, I believe it was Diogo Souza, Abdu Conti. Um, There's Bruno, Bruno Paz, Paulinho, uh, João Silva, and Bruno Mendes. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I agree with all of those. It's a bit surprising that it's Diogo Souza and not Maximiliano. But, I mean, I think it's probably because they'd rather just be having him play. Um, 90 minutes with the under 23s. I mean, he's really not gaining much by just sitting on the bench for the first team as opposed to playing 90 minutes for a keeper. Um, and, I mean, at this point in the season, I don't really think that he's going to, to switch the goalies. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'm fine with that. Uh, but, you know, the other ones, I definitely think that those are all players that have excelled for the under 23 team. Um, Brun Paz really bossed that game against Benfica. I watched it. Um, yeah. I thought he was the best player on the field. Um, and it's definitely a position that we're relatively thin, so I definitely think that he should get his chance. And, yeah, I mean, as we touched on, you know, there's eight games left. There's really not much to lose. There's not much to gain. So why why not why not see what you have in some of these players on the big stage because, you know, you're going to need to rely on them more next season, um, you know, just based on the way things appear to be trending. Um, so I think that that is, you know, very necessary. Um, and the right decision. I would have liked to see them earlier, but I mean, credit where credit is due. Um, uh, better late than never. So I mean, I, I'll I would love to see those players uh, in the first team more. Um, and you know, I really would like to see Pedro Mendes. Um, I think yeah. he. I I mean, Bazdas forgot how to play, and Luis Felipe. I don't know if he is at this level. Um, you know, I don't think he's a, a player that should be. Uh, I mean, maybe a, as a as a depth option, a third, fourth striker for Sporting. But I mean, he's our our second option right now, and I mean, he's really not the answer. So I, I'd love to see someone else. 
Uh, Paulinho, I think, is good as well. Um, Abdou Conti, um, I mean, I think he slots in more as an outside back at the senior level as opposed to center back. But he can kind of play both, but uh, I think he's more of a left back. So hopefully that means Jefferson will be leaving in the summer. Um, so, I mean, positives yeah. for sure. Um, I guess we got to wait and see how it shakes out. Um, definitely good, though. Um, for these guys to be integrated during an extended break so that they have more time to, to practice, hopefully acclimate with the first team, the players who aren't away with the national teams, so that they can, you know, hopefully get some minutes once the, the, the league starts back up again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and I'll actually pass it off right to you as well. Uh, sort of same question, only with the youth players. Um, like I meant, I'll say it again, Diogo Souza, Ducante, Brunupage, Pauline, Jean Silva... And uh, Pedro Mendes apparently are being tested and, and, and you know, looking at, at, as being an option for next season. Even rumors uh, earlier this week of Elvis Balde, who's currently on loan at, um, at uh, Paso Freire. Um, what are your thoughts uh, on some of these youngsters coming back no. or, or playing for the senior team? Well, um, I like it. We all, we, we all know that's because we, we have, I believe, 10, 10 of our uh, the, um, players from the A squad going to the international um, uh, meetings with their uh, countries, and yeah. that's why they've been called to to uh, the A squad, which is a good move. That's 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 the way it's supposed to be. Uh, a test. Now you have this whole week because I think Portugal plays on Friday and Sunday. Yeah. We play the Ukraine and then uh, and Serbia, Serbia. Yeah. Uh, at home, both games. Um, which makes sense. That was uh, actually very good logistic wise. Well, um, the lose rigged. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's it's yo, when was the last time there was a game at Avalad? I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, I know, and that's and that's the one thing that uh, it bothers a lot of Sportingistas, even Portistas. Why yeah. is it always at Stadio de Luz? I have no clue, but yeah, but at the same time, I do have a clue why because. For the some Portuguese, they have to pay Befica to rent the stadium, and it's a hefty uh, rental fee. So there it is. Uh, you guys can Google it and look at it yourselves, and you'll see how much it is. Just make sure you're sitting down when you look at it. <laughs> but it's it's like once you look at it, it'll make sense. It'll click. You'll go ah, that's what I did. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, coming back to that, I mean, it, that's, way, that, that's the way I love it. That's the way it's supposed to be. But we have to be realistic. Uh, Kaiser next year when he has his preseason, because he didn't have a preseason, um, we can expect him to promote the whole, the, the whole youth. It's not going to happen. Right. Uh, if he promotes like six, wow, that's amazing. You know, he won't be able to promote all of them. Um, but you know, Sporting 160 was they were talking about it on uh, on Thursday and, and also on Monday. Uh, how about the B team coming back? Um, but yeah. I would I would support that, but uh, do we have the funding for that, the budget for that? That's the problem. Um, but the B team, the under 23, it's basically uh, the uh, the uh, youth 19. They just got older, so now we put them in a different league called U23. But you don't have the experience that you have in the second league. In the exactly. second, yeah, in the second league, it's a different ball game, bro. Yeah. You you playing with against players that have played in the first division. They're much more mature. They're much more and uh, and uh, they uh, they're much older. 
they'll be playing against players 30, 30 years old, 34 years old, with much more experience, much more muscle. So I would welcome the B team so, so we can accommodate a lot of our players so they can really gain good experience. Uh, so once, if, if they call to the A team, they won't fill the, the, the hiccup. Uh, because when they come from the under-23 to the A-team, it's not quite the same. Um, so, you know, but I'm very happy you called them, and that, that's the future of our club. Because, uh, you know, let's be realistic. We, we're not going to have a lot of money next year. But we have – We can. are we going to be champions next year or win the race? Uh, I would like to say yes, but, you know, we're going to have to be patient. Uh, if we if we saying as Portuguesas, we should we should uh, bet on the youth. Okay, th- then be patient. Then don't expect uh, Sporting to be you know uh, winning every game and uh, all that. So it's going to require a, a lot of patience because it's a, it's going to be a period of evolution. Um, and and um, with the with the right contratações, if we buy one a couple experienced players at, with the mix and match and the blending in with the youth, I think we'll be fine. We have a lot of lot of talents. Uh, I, I mean, we can go on and on forever and get a lot of names. We have the kid from uh, uh, Ferenci, Bragança. We have, you know, Ushik Zirals. I don't know why they don't like him. Is he not running in practice? What's going on? I have no clue. But, you know, uh, so let's give it some time. And uh, it looks like we're about to lose Bruno Fernandes this year. And I understand if we can get a bunch of money for him, we got to sell him because – Sporting, not only Sporting, even Porto and Befica, we have to sell. Our Portuguese leagues, we don't get as much money as the English league. I mean, the TV rights for the Premier Leagues, it's crazy. It's tons and tons of money. Uh, you know, the, the only three clubs that get decent money are Sporting, Befica, and Porto. But in uh, the Premier League, every single club in the Premier League gets good money. Uh, do you guys know how much they get in average? That's for TV rights. I think they make something like yeah. 50 million pounds or something like that on TV rights every year or yeah. something. Yeah, and then there's prize money from Premier League as well, which is in uh, double figures for millions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you see what I mean? You, you have like a team like uh, like the, the Wolves not even fighting for the title, and they have more money than we do. I'm a matter Danny, I'm done. Yeah. Just to just to complete, uh, just Google it. Manchester United hit a record of five hundred and ninety million pounds in TV money, right? Five hundred, yeah. five hundred million. ninety million pounds. Yeah. Puta que pariu! dinheiro com I mean, yeah, but they also have fans worldwide, especially in India, and India has like a billion people. Yeah. You know what I mean, so that really helps. But uh, yeah, no, they're they're swimming in money. United, it's swimming in money. Um, I mean, speaking of money, Patrick, the next question for you. Um, also, in the, these rumors of, of last night, really, Jeremy Mathieu um, probably being sold. Uh, they're they're saying a figure around three point two million to Bordeaux uh, for the thirty six year old. What do you think of the figure, and 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 do you think it'd be wise for Spartan to cash in now? Um, well, three point two million isn't a great deal of money to be honest for the value that Mathieu has to the squad right now and I know at, at his age players can sort of switch 
on and off uh, in terms of being finished. But um, you know, for, for the value that he he has um, to us um, at the back, I, I think he's clearly um, one of our best uh, central defenders by far. And I'm not convinced at all that Ilori or the new boy Luis Neto coming in will, will will ever reach the heights that he and Coates have set. So. Um, you know, quite simply, we're a f- we have a far better defence with Mathieu alongside Coates, um than we would would be far better off, I think, in my opinion, with Mathieu and Coates than we would be with Coates and three point two million or however much it was for a thirty six year old. Um, so you know, I'd be very disappointed if if Mathieu uh, goes obviously to accommodate the arrival of someone like Luis Neto and obviously there's rumours um, that uh, Coates as well there's, there has been rumours that Coates is one that uh, could leave to obviously the two players that are on um, quite a lot of money wage wise as well um, but it's you know it's easy to see why Mathieu is on that amount you can see when he comes into the side that the quality is completely different to what we see with a guy like Ilori, for example, and he's someone who um, is very, very experienced. He's played for Valencia, he's played for uh, Barcelona, all at a very decent level, and he's come into the Portuguese league at his age, at his age, 36, I believe. Um, he's easily one of the best central defenders in the league, and sometimes it doesn't even look like he's trying that hard. He's yeah. the, 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 um, like the gap between him and other central defenders in the league is that high. So, um, no, I think we're, we're good there. I, I, I really wouldn't be looking to sell um, Mathieu, especially in a season where you're thinking about already selling your best player, arguably, in Bruno Fernandes. You don't want to lose that much quality um, in your squad in one go. So, um, for three point, however million, I'd rather keep Mathieu easily. Yeah, uh, agreed. And, and Joel, I'll, I'll throw you this last question sort of on club rumors. Uh, Patrick uh, touched on it as well. Um, I mean, we celebrated 150 games of Kwat. Um, now it's 151. Um, I think we're all in agreement that he shouldn't leave. But do you think he will leave? Uh, honestly, I think I think he, he will leave, though. Yeah. I think he will leave for the simple fact that we... You know, we, we brought in Ilori, uh, we brought in Luis Net, and you know, and uh, I think if if you get a good figure, I don't know, maybe in the rounds of fifteen or twenty million, I think I think that would be a good deal for him. And yeah, I, I will. I see him going to clubs such as I don't know, maybe maybe the Russian league or maybe you know clubs of of second scale clubs. So yeah, I do believe he he he's on the verge of leaving in the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, which is sad. But um, anyways, uh, we'll go on to uh, national team news. Um, I I wrote down some of the names that went. I think I got all of at least most of them. Um, but uh, at least from the senior team that is. Uh, but I could be wrong. But anyways. We have Christian Borja going to Colombia. Um, I believe that's his first cap for no, sorry, it's not his first cap, but uh, it's kind of a shock for us. Yeah, first cap in a while, Uh, and from Carlos Queiroz, funny enough. Um, We have uh, Sebastian Coat going to Uruguay as normal. We have uh, Adrisa Dumbia going to Ivory Coast. 
um, Acuna going to Argentina, uh, Ristovsky to Macedonia, Bruno Fernandes, our own representative uh, team. But then we also have Luis Max, um, Luis Max Mianu, uh, Terry Correa, and Miguel Luis going to our under 20s. Um, Patrick, I'll start off with you. Sort of, um, I mean, you don't have to go through all these players. What are your your thoughts of um, the, the the players going away on national duty? And um, really, a question I'll ask all of you is: um, Why do you think such a low, um, such a low? I mean, obviously, we're not playing a lot of Portuguese players, but um, a, a really low number for us um, in the Portuguese squad this year. Do you think that's uh, a little frightening, or, or do you think this is just a, a sort of um, a transition year, and we'll, we'll eventually bounce back to having more players on there? Um, well. Um... Well, I'll I'll follow on from obviously your last question. Um, yeah, sorry, I I really pass all of that in. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, and and the the answer is simple. I mean, we, we, our Portuguese players, we we lost them all basically in the summer. So, um, if if we're being realistic in a good season, uh, from what we had at the start of this campaign, the only players that would have gotten in is obviously Bruno Fernandes, who's there now. Um, you know, um, maybe uh, Nani, who was impressing at the start, uh, and uh, Jovan. Um, other than that, you know, we've got the likes of Andre Pinto and Ilori who's coming now, and all that. Um, th- those those sorts of players only get in with really good form and some injuries along the way for from other lads uh, higher up in the pecking order. Um, so in terms of uh, getting players into the national team, I think we, we would have been uh, it would have been very hard anyway. We really would have only been looking at someone like Bruno Fernandes or Jovan, who was uh, very good at the start of the season. Um, but beyond that, um, obviously quite happy to see uh, uh, Borja uh, in in the Colombian national team. It's, it's a, we focus a lot on the negatives. Um, coming out yeah. of sport, sporting recently, but he's been he's been one of the few positives of, of the Veranda Gira, uh, shall I say? He's been one player who I who I've seen uh, come into the side, and I thought, yeah, this guy looks uh, uh, really good and uh, refreshing on that left flank, and he's someone that we can really uh, get to work with um, now and and expect even better. Uh, coming into the new season next year, um, so yeah, I'm pleased with um, um, the progress that he's made uh, coming into the side, and very excited about uh, what he can offer. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's uh, pretty much where I stand on the internationals. Sounds good, and uh, I'm really going to ask all of you guys this. So, Steph, um, again, what's your two cents on uh, the Portuguese situation, and even um, um, the, the other players going on national team duty. Well, I think uh, Portugal is a well-coached team by uh, by uh, Fernandes. Uh, he, he he knows quite a um, a lot about football, and uh, the names he called, I'm content with it. Um, he didn't complicate it, um, and uh, I mean, Sporting only has one player, Bruno Fernandes, if I'm not mistaken, in the A squad, and that's all we got. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. all the traders uh, that left us, they 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 were called as well, but a bunch of fucking traders. They no longer play for Sporting. Uh, but besides that, I think Portugal 
we'll we'll have two difficult matches. Uh, they haven't played together in a, in a little bit. Um, I'm not certain about Ukraine how good they are. Uh, I know they're tall and physically fit, so uh, we'll see. But uh, we should win. We 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 have more experience than they do, and a much better team. And Serbia, that's a dangerous team. They have some good quality, uh, fast wingers, uh, and good uh, uh, forward. So you know we have to be careful with them. Uh, but besides that, I mean. Um, I know in the in the, uh, in the youth uh, national team in the youth seventeen we had uh, seven of our players being called up, um, and I don't know if it was Chris who posted that on Twitter, uh, or if if it was you, Danny. Um, but that I honestly was, can't even remember <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, the Danny must have been Chris, but that was a good tweet. Uh, it was seven of our youth uh, being called up by the national uh, team. Um, so, so in the youth uh, national team, we we kind of we kind of uh, well represented as far as Sporting. So it just proves that Sporting is not that bad in the youth, like people seem to be. We're just not good in keeping them. That's that's the, a different story. So uh, we see a lot of uh, players under eighteen leaving to other teams, but that's because the the big teams, the Sharks, like like they like to call it in Portuguese, tubarões. Now they're being more aggressive. They're going after young, younger kids, 18, 18 years old. Why? And the question is why? Because it's cheaper. Uh, if, if, you, if you can sign an 18 years old to your club, you're going to pay much less than a, a player that's so-called already made. It, it gives you guarantees. So it's a risk for them. But uh, at the same time, when you have the Felix that we about to lose, what's going on is Sporting is willing to renew his contract, but there's another club that's saying, "Hey, we're going to pay you much more." And Sporting, you know, they say that's our limit. We don't have the kind of money for you, and that and that's what's going on. And it's hard to compete. So when do you sign professional contracts? And that Sporting is doing it now uh, with the you under seventeen. But that's yeah. uh, that. That's unreal. It, 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 you never gave a professional contract to to players at such a young age, but we we kind of forced to do it. And Sporting got got the wind of it. I mean, enough is enough. This is not Verenda's fault at all. I mean, we could uh, blame him for a lot of things, but what's going on with the market is crazy. I've never seen so many clubs being so aggressive. So Sporting is adjusting quite fast, and they signing up now. Uh, professional contracts under 17 and, and below, w which is good because we have to, to keep our, our pearls uh, uh, because we're losing all of them, really. I mean, we're still getting some money out of it, but that's, that's nothing. That's a small percentage. Uh, yeah. But, but besides, besides that, uh, you know, talking about the national team to wrap it up, I think we'll do well. And, uh, and uh, Ronaldo was called, am I correct? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You didn't play against uh Genova and look at Juventus, they lost right away. Uh two nothing. Uh but you know they eighteen points. <laughs> Stefan Sturaro with one of the goals, bro, Sporting legend. Yeah, puta que pariu, meu. Toda a gente marca contra fora de Sporting. That was a beautiful goal too. The goalie had no chance. But, you know, that's it. I think Portugal yeah. will win both games, and uh, I'm not going to watch either of the games because I'll be at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris, 
Same question to you before I pass it off to Joel. Um, national team news. What do you think? But yeah, I mean, as mentioned, there really isn't too many other candidates that, you know, potentially could be represented, uh, you know, just based on lack of Portuguese players. Obviously, our more marquee Portuguese players all left this summer. Um, I don't believe Jelson was called. Was he? No, nah, he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah, I didn't think so. And uh, was Gudeli called for Serbia? Ooh, I didn't even know. I didn't even check. But I, let me give me one second. I'll look that up. Because the first thing, um, I know. I mean, I don't know how much depth they have. But it would be interesting if Titch players. Um I definitely think that they'll be the better team um of the two that we face. But yeah, I mean it's kind of um there's a lot of new faces in the Portuguese team and uh, I'll include Ronaldo in that because I mean they they played the whole nations league. Um, Ronaldo wasn't there. Obviously, there's new players like João Felix. Um, I mean, Bruno Fernandes hasn't even been starter for the national team. So I'm interested to see what our what our lineup looks like. Um, yeah, I definitely think that we should be winning these games. But I saw someone point out as well, it's very early in the campaign. It's the first two games against, theoretically, two of the better teams in the group. And then later on in the campaign, when it really matters and it gets down to it, we're going to have to travel to Ukraine and travel to Serbia, which is not the easiest task. So we kind of have to take care of our business at home. Um, you know, they'll only have a three, four days to train, uh, get familiar with the, with themselves, uh, the new faces in the team. And, uh, I mean, the pressure will be right on because, if you know, you drop points now, it could come back to bite you in the ass later. Um, even finishing second sucks because then the playoff is kind of a lottery. Um, for the Euro, um, and obviously we got to get back in the Euro to defend our, our defend our title. So um, yeah, they'll be thrown they'll be thrown into it right away. Yeah, for sure. And uh, last but not least, Joel, um, same question, national team news, and also your thoughts on Portugal, because then I'll uh, I'll ask you guys what do you, what you think the uh, upcoming results will be. Um, yeah, I mean uh, the lack of Portuguese players. Uh, or sporting players being called to the Portuguese national team, I think it's, it's an, uh, a direct backlash of what happened last summer, obviously. And um, yeah, but it's good to see that we still have quality in our, in our team uh, with so many players going to the national squad. I think that's always a good sign. Um, uh, what else? What was, what was the reserve question again? Sorry. And just your your overall thoughts of um, of um, the Portuguese national team and uh, and just like you oh, know yeah. Christian Barra going to Colombia and stuff yeah, like that. I thought I thought it was quite uh, interesting to see um, Diego Souza being called up. Yeah, yeah, that's I a good that's, point. That is uh, his first call up, call up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it uh, might be interesting for our attack since basically the last couple of years we only had right Ronaldo and. Either, thank God for the for the goal he scored in the <laughs> final. But, 
but yeah, basically we we, we kind of lacked a, a striker, so I I quite like that that alternative that we have now. Um, apart from it, yeah, I think I think we're gonna win. I think we're gonna win both games. Uh, we are. We have to say we are the better team uh, yeah. against Ukraine and against Serbia. We are the better team, in my opinion. So, yeah, we have to we have to get the six points here. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. And um, quickly, Chris, prediction on uh, Portugal, Ukraine, and per- uh, Portugal, Serbia. And oh, and uh, Gudeli, I don't think was called up. I- I've been looking everywhere. I don't think he has been. Okay, well, just wondering. Yeah. Um, uh, Ukraine, uh, I think we win uh, three nothing, and uh, Serbia, I think we win one nil. One nil. That'll be a more difficult game, I think. Yeah, but... agreed. They have a good. They have good players. Even that uh, the kid that's on loan from uh, Befica, they called up. Um, what's his name? Jovic. Look, yeah, yeah, he's been yeah. tearing up Europe. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping he scores a, a big goal against them in Europa League. Anyways. <laughs> Um, Patrick, also passing it off to you. What are your predictions on uh, Portugal, Ukraine, Portugal, Serbia? Two uh, 0 against Ukraine, one one against Serbia. Ooh, bold. And Steph, uh, I'm gonna say two nothing and two nothing. Nice, keeping it consistent. And last, really on on, on team news is um, um, the the um, I know it's pretty serious stuff, but uh, I mean it's sort of seeming like a WWE event happening at Spartan as of lately with club officials and, and all of that getting beaten up constantly. Um, not to mention the, the coach that uh, threw a medal at a Spartan fan that has yet to be punished for that, but that's a different story. Um, Miguel Albuquerque over the, over this weekend and his wife were, um, um, I don't know the right word to use, but, but were attacked really um, at, a, at, at um, the handball game, if I'm not mistaken. And then um, just last week, um, or, or two weeks ago, I should say, a Conselho Diritivo um, was also attacked on uh, at Boa Vista. Um, Steph, uh, I'll pass it off to you. you. You probably know a bit more than I do. Um, take us through sort of the situation and what are your thoughts? Well, the the, the problem is um, it's it's uh, a common problem in in, uh, in Portugal, uh, which uh, the uh, the the law enforcement sucks basically. Uh, PSP and GNR in Portugal, then uh, they're non-existent. Uh, they send the most, the the most uh, uh, um, unshaped, uh, out of shape uh, police officers. When you look at them, it looks like they just finished uh, eating a late down. Uh, they can they can even run. They will stumble upon themselves and fall on their faces. Um, so so it's a lack of security. I would love to to stick it to 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 Porto fans, but the majority of Porto fans don't want that. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, um, it, it's it's really a problem with with uh, law enforcement in Portugal. If you know there's there's um, um, representatives do sporting in a certain area, wouldn't you uh, put someone in that specific? Vicinity, uh, a couple of police officers, because you know, because you know, you know that's an important game. So you 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 would assign a couple of police officers uh, to, to that specific area. Opa, vais para lá hoje porque estão lá os dirigentes do do Sporting e hoje é um jogo de alto risco. That's the way it should be. It's a non, it's a no-brainer, but apparently no no law enforcement. 
you saw fans go, running from one side of the, the Castle de Dragon to the other side of the Castle de Dragon. I watched the game and it looked like a circus. Uh, it looked like we were like in a third world country. Uh, I mean, we, we talk a lot of good things about Portugal, but when it comes to big games like this, Sporting, Sporting Porto, Porto Sporting, Befica Sporting, Befica Porto, we all know there's all these crazy people. We all know that there's these ultra or kids that uh, they just got drunk before going to the game and, and all they're looking for is not to watch the game, it's to provoke people. And, and, and for, for them to get, to get so close to, to a, a, a wife of such an important figure of, of the of, uh, opposite team, that's, that's an insult to, to our intelligence. So in, in Portugal, these things happen a lot and they're still going to happen until they wake up and smell the coffee. I mean, you, you had to put police officers next to them, uh, you know, and it, such thing wasn't done. Uh, you know, you, you can give as many yellow vests you want to volunteers, but at the end of the day, that's what they are, volunteers. They're not gonna, they're not gonna jump to uh, the confusion. They have no weapon, they have no OC, they have no baton, they, they have no handguns, they have no training, for God's sake. They're just there to, to, to I don't know why they're there, really, just seriously speaking. Those stewards <laughs> with the yellow vests, Yeah, I mean, they can't even watch the game because they're looking at the public. Uh, but you know, with all the, all, all that said, I don't think it's a a, a a Porto problem. I would love to blame the club, but it's not really. It's it's a it's a, a poor planning by the PSP engineer, a police portuguesa. They they just suck. They really suck. Even in in big games, how, how can Sporting Guistas, the club Sporting or Super Dragons or or no name boys? It's a group organized because we some clocks, evidently, to that's in this now. But how can they get into the visitor sta uh, stadium 30 minutes late or 45 minutes late? Because the, the, the way they plan things, it's, it's always in a retarded way. And it's only, it's only in Portugal. Portugal is atrasado, I mean, we have, I mean, getting up this topic, every summer we have fires. Uh, we have Portugal burning from Algarve all the way to Minho. Yeah. And, they, and they still haven't figured it out. That, that's because it's poor planning, really poor planning. They, they have no fire hydrants no meio do because it's too expensive to install the, the, the PVC pipes. Well, you're paying, you're paying the money regardless uh, uh, later when you're trying to... Uh, to, to, to put down the fires. But anyway, it, it's, a, it's a Portuguese problem and it'll never go away. Mas é, que é vergonha, é uma vergonha do caralho. É vergonha. Yeah. Um, all right. Fair enough. And uh, with that, I think we'll, we'll move on to Twitter questions. I, hit, I think you hit the nail right on the head, uh, Steph. Um, uh, we'll start off with uh, Kevin at Magic Montero 10 on Twitter. And uh, I'll ask you this question to Joel. Uh, or Joel, sorry. Um, do you think Sporting should try and adapt to a four-four-two, uh, like many win title-winning teams in Portugal have done, um, or, or well, this is my part, really. Or do you think uh, with the players that we have at our disposal and, and you know Marcel Kaiser, we should stick with the four-three-three? What do you think, Joel? Or even three at the back? Um, currently, I don't think that they should do play a four-four-two because this, 
we don't we don't have the the players currently to to play such a role or such a um, such a tactic. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think I think it really depends on on the on how a, a coach wants to play. He either makes a makes a tactic to suit the players or other way around. You know, um, in this case, I don't think that we have the the players to currently. We don't have the players to play a four four two. Maybe next season, if we get. Or if we if we sell Bazdos, then we get a couple of good strikers. Um, yeah, why not? We can try it, you know. Um, but currently, I don't I don't see I don't see us playing a four four two. My yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, I I actually agree with you there as well. Um, next question, the three part question, comes from Chris, uh, our last guest actually last week. Uh, you guys can go follow him at, at CR28 underscore SCP. Um, Steph, I'll give this first one to you. Um, thoughts about what the new board intends to do. Their signings have been minimal, but very good, except Luis Philippe, and doing a lot of work to revive our academy. Um, so, yeah, Steph, speak on that. What, what are your thoughts on what this, uh, on Federic Verandes and what his board, um, what you think his board intends to do? Uh, I think the board intends to do because uh, the Kaiser it's it's someone they they themselves picked, so I think they're going to stick with him for the preseason. They're going to give him uh, the preseason and they're going to give him uh, a a full season. Well, unless he does really bad, then he gets fired. But that's what I think the board will do. Um, and since we we really short with money, um, the only uh, logical solution will be. Um, uh, betting on our youth, and and just buy one or two quality players. Don't don't go crazy in buying a ton of players that we don't even know how to pronounce their names, uh, and we don't even know if they're good or not. We have to Google it and research it. And who the hell is this guy? So, you know, that's what I I think they're thinking about. They I think they're listening to to the the general public, or you know, they they finally seen the the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and if that's the case, then I think he'll he'll, he'll captivate more Sportingistas because we have 95,000 95, that didn't pay their dues. So that's a lot uh, since he since he became president. So so he needs to do something to get all the Sportingistas back and all that uh, money that flow into the club. So that's what I think he'll do. Yeah, uh, agreed. And and just quickly. Uh, I know I didn't really bring this up on the show, but I brought it up on our, our little group chat. I actually effed up. I, I, I I've been paid. My quotas have been paid until July, so uh, I'm not one of those ninety thousand. Thankfully. <laughs> um. Anyways, next question goes. Uh, I'll I'll give it to uh, Patrick. He also uh, Chris also asks Sparting 2019-2020. Uh, what changes do you want? New elections uh, bracket and a whole new project and manager. Uh, what do you think? Do we need a new manager? A new a new um, and, and what changes do you, do you want to see for next season? Um, well, I think the, the, the way Kaiser came into the side um, and immediately we saw uh, uh, the quality of Sporting's play go up. Um, you know, it seemed like we were building an identity for ourselves, which is essentially what I wanted to see um, at Sporting. For, for one reason or another, that seems to have disappeared halfway through and we're sort of just strolling towards the end of the season now it's a very weird uh, mood that 
Sporting's in at the moment. But, you know, essentially what I'd like to see is um, to see Kaiser or whoever the manager may be. I think it will be Kaiser uh, at the start of next season. I want him to, you know, try to begin uh, painting that sort of picture again that he did when he first came. And obviously he'll have the benefit of the transfer window to, to, to cherry pick well, not cherry-pick the players that he'd like, obviously. He'd end up picking up Busquets and whatnot. Um, but, you know, he, he can sort of begin to formulate a squad in, in, in his mind and, and start moulding things in a way that he'd like. So, um, you know, that's what I want to see um, uh, a Sporting do. Because I do think, looking at the squad right now, I do think Kaiser still doesn't have uh, the tools that he'd like to fully implement his his plans and and his preferences so we are lacking still um yeah i just like to see sporting um you know uh really start start to pedal this new identity and and something that you can project from the top downwards onto the to the youth academy when we talk about revolutionizing uh the youth academy it's not in my opinion, that we've got bad players. We're, all, we're always generating good players from Jelson to uh, Pudence had he stayed, Rafa Leal had he stayed, we have Jovan, we have Miguel Luis, uh, Daniel Braganza, etc. We have good players. It's just about getting these players um, in a similar way that Ajax and Barcelona do, getting these yeah. players to play a very similar way to the way the first team plays and then seeing that first team excel um, regardless of who steps in, I think that's um, you know the ideal way of uh, of a club functioning. Um, so I'd really like to see Sporting uh, uh, start to take those steps uh, in, in the new season uh, fully to to to, to uh, paint that sort of picture. And I would obviously that means um, giving Varandish. Um, and and his hierarchy uh, a, a a good chance uh, in the new season, obviously and obviously there's a lot of friction uh, between like I'd say two camps, uh, people that don't want Verandes, people that do, um, but I think the natural thing to do would probably be, be to give Kaiser and uh, the board a chance in in the new season. Uh, agreed, and uh, that actually transitions perfectly into his third question to you, Chris. Um, he asks, uh, Chris asks, how can the fans unite? The negativity from fans can, uh, can that affect players? Uh, bracket demoralizing and negative pressure. Um, isn't that, uh, just unnecessary pressure for the board too? Can Verendez ever be, uh, accepted by all in brackets? Uh, who needs to forget BDC is in the past bracket? Um, so yeah, basically, can we unite the fans and, and is this negativity around the club? Um, toxic enough to, to affect our, our players? Um, well, there's an obvious way to unite the club around everyone, and that's to win. Win, yeah. <laughs> um, that's an obvious solution, but it's not so obvious to achieve that solution. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think that it's impossible for all sporting issues to unite behind verandas um and you know obviously i don't think that you'll ever you'll you'll ever have any everyone you know i think bruncker value won with like 80 percent um so i mean there'll always be someone but what we really need is a vast majority 
um, to really kind of feel united again. Um, I just think that we need to see um, consistent consistency. That's the main thing. That's one of my main complaints of Verandas is consistency. Um, and, you know, just better open communication, uh, taking better advantage of this tool that is social media that I think that Sporting greatly underutilizes. Um, and, you know, I think that the, this club is, uh, it's known for being, you know, an innovative club, um, you know, as far as revenue generation and, and things of the sort. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, untapped potential right now. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've seen recently that's kind of pissed me off, and honestly, I took note of it too, just the state, the state of the stadium and the, the area around it, you know, like the billboards are peeling off. The stadium maps are so sun, sun bleached. You can't even read them. You yeah. know, the statue is defaced and hasn't ever been fixed. You know, it's, it's shit like that. Like you want to be proud of your club and, you know, like, um, you know, Alvalade isn't at this point, it's not a new stadium or by any means, but you know, a fresh paint job, you know, shit like that. I understand it's not free to do stuff like that but at the same time it's it's not that expensive like you know like uh you know my parents repaint our house every you know seven years or whatever (laughs) we're not rich people you know Um, hey man all they have to do is pay for my flight there and i'll fucking help them out man replace the replace the bleach signs paint the stadium you know like it's not crazy things just aesthetic things to just make us proud of our yeah how many i mean just sorry to to quickly interrupt but just to hit on that point too how how long has it been since we've all asked for one color seating so long like come on man like get to it i'm with you actually there like that'll definitely unite the fans i mean see more people coming out but let's keep things into perspective my my brothers we we asking an american to pay our bills What do you yeah. mean? Oh, me- now. yeah, yeah. Meaning we have no money, not even to pay the stadium. I agree with Chris 100%, and it's an easy fix. The only thing you have to do, like yesterday, we talking about the Albuquerque Mulher. And then another José Papão, the director of the ball. I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? And, you know, it's so touch. So you have Albuquerque, yeah. but the handball team has a, a director. So it means that the futsal team has another director. You see where I'm going with this? We have yeah, nine, yeah. we have nine nine vice presidents, then a director for each team, then we have a, a manager Albuquerque's modalidades. So so if you fire these people that we don't really need, if you go back to the basics, president, vice president, director comunicação, okay, let's I'll swallow the team manager. For the for the eighteen, and and that's a simplified things. We have too many people, too many tasks not doing shit. What? So they can give a speech once in a while. Hey, o Sporting é maior, and say mais que falam todos muito bem. But you know, Sporting is broke. But do you think they're not receiving their salary? These people, of course they're. <laughs> they're the first ones to collect. Yeah. But th- that's the problem with our Sporting. Uh, we are a club with many sticks. Com muitos vaidades yeah. e com muito estilo, e não sei mais que, e somos modernos. E now, Chris, e Retanel, our stadium is not even painted. Everything is spilling off the line, nem circular, é uma vergonha. 
they 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 fucked up Bruno Carvalho's name on it. I mean, people don't. Some people don't, don't like Bruno Carvalho. I actually love the man. He did a lot of good things for for Spartan. Towards the end, I, I think he flipped as well. Don't get me wrong, uh, but he did a lot of good for Spartan. So when I think about him, I, I think about the positive things. Uh, but Chris is right. It's it's. I, I was in Portugal this summer, and everything is peeling off. It, it looks like a stadium that was completely abandoned. Yeah. It, it looks like the stadium was built in 1960, and then, if I'm not mistaken, it was built in 2002 or three. Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Around, around that time. The Euros, yeah. It's not that an, an old old stadium; it's a pretty new stadium. But you have to keep up with the small maintenance, like painting and switching the chairs and stuff like that. And all they have to do is fire a bunch of those goons because they make a lot of fucking money, and then we'll have money for the paint. And to and to pay somebody, hey, oh, and the car, but me spintar, in fact, my sons com presunto e small. Hey, eu quero uma cerveja, pronto, eu resto uma cerveja, não há problema. And then, and then, like you said, I'll fly over there and I'll pay God damn it. We have enough Portuguese that will volunteer to, to do it, you know? Yeah, and because Chris is right. At, at this point, it's a it's an embarrassment the way our, our stadium kind of looks at times, man. It is, uh, you know, I'm gonna say this, I shouldn't be saying this, but I'll say it. I went to I went to Stadsavalar outside of the stadium. Uh, Chris is right on. Nothing is being taken care of. It's a disgrace. I don't think it was ever taken care of. It, no, they no. put it. They put the sign up 14 years ago and then didn't maintain it at all. No, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the the sidewalk up you. There's no one going to round up and killing it. Which is not that expensive. There's, and then I went to start the lose because my wife is Benfiquista, and she wanted to go. And I hate to say it, but completely, completely different ball game. They take care of their shit. It's nice and neat. Uh, they have a fence protecting the outside of the outskirt of the stadium and and the parking lot inside for people to park and go to their pavilion to buy t-shirts and stuff like that. Which we don't have that. There's an empty lot, but. No one is using it. They could use it for parking, but I, I guess it doesn't belong to us. But it, 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 these little things make they do make a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. And uh, well, Chris, sorry, I I, I interrupt. I don't know if you wanted to continue on that point. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just a small example of of something that could be done to to unite us. You know, um, yeah. that's just one small example. I, I mean, and that would go a long way. Um, and it's just little, I think it's a combination of little things as opposed to like, he has to do this one thing. No, he has to do 20 little things, you know? So, and you know, that's an example. I think that utilizing the social media better is another little thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're already paying a social media staff, just train them better. You know, you, you, the examples are now are Bayer Leverkusen, AS Roma, like it doesn't cost anything more to have like a funny social media or like a social media that interacts with the fans better. Like our social media is so fucking robotic, you know, like yeah. we could do it. We, we do do a better job. Yeah. I think. You know, it's not that fucking hard and you're clearly already paying a staff just like get better people or train them better or take, take notes from other teams. You know, it's not that, it's not that hard. Um, and you know, it's just little things like that that I think would go a long way. 
and also the 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 game box uh, i know we don't live in portugal and uh but the, they have two game boxes one game box for the the soccer games the football games mm-hmm. and one for the modalidades why not combine them together and make it in a, a more appealing uh, uh, package? You see what I mean? Because it gets expensive. Yeah. In, yeah. Port- in Portugal, they don't make as much money as we do. I, I don't know how people in Portugal live. I, I give them a lot of credit because they must be really stressed out. And and then the tickets are so expensive. Even the game boxes. I mean, it was like 200 something dollars. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's expensive for people that live in Portugal. So, the like Chris said, these small little things, if they combine the, the game boxes together and make it more appealing, then it's. I would rather make it cheaper and see the stadium full and the pavilion yeah. full than try to get all all this money and you're not getting it, and then all you see is an empty pavilion, exception for the games against Porto Benfica. One more thing I want to add, another thing that I think that Verandas has kind of, I think, reactionarily done is he's kind of gone to war with the clacks a little bit and, and, and come down hard on them. It's a terrible yeah. mistake. I mean, those are, those are the fans that travel the most. Those are the fans that spend hours painting TIFOs before the games and stuff. You don't want to start an open war with with arguably your biggest fans you know it's it's yeah. stupid and uh and you know it, like i i saw the thing like Bruno Carvalho under his reign like the the debt of the of the of the clocks went from 200,000 to 700,000 whatever because they were getting you know more free tickets or whatever it's like what are you going to start doing charging your biggest fans out the ass or or, or stop giving them discounted tickets what 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 you see as a response to that is the curva sul two thirds empty half the time. That that's a direct result of that. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's like they they pay quotas to be um, Juve Leo members or Directivo members. I mean, they they're paying their dues to be part of Sporting, and they're paying their dues to be part of the the clock that they're in. And then as a result of that, they get discounted tickets. I mean, is Two hundred thousand dollars in debt to Jove Leo really worth having the stadium empty? I, I don't think it is at all. That's, exactly. And, and to be fair, those tifos are, it's not like they're free or anything. They you no, know they, they discounted tickets, but they also fucking make a, a an incredible environment that time. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's that's how you build the atmosphere. Exactly. Those are the those are the fans that travel. I mean, th- these are these are the arguably. You know the biggest fans, the most yeah. loyal fans, and you to go to war with them is just reactionary and and stupid. And that's all for me. I mean, yeah. and, and I, I'm just going to add one more thing because I I could I could speak from experience because I, I was in Portugal last summer and and uh, the, the Sporting Guises they go to those roulottes. as roulottes, That's that's why they they sell Superboc. Don't even don't don't even ask for sagres. There's no sagres. <laughs> Superboc. Yeah. Superbox, they have fibers, they have uh, sardines, you connect, uh, of course, water and small pro for you guys that don't drink. Um, but, you know, they, they charge a lot cheaper than in the stadium. I went to the stadium and I wanted to get a, a, a beer. Holy shit, it was the same price as in the giant stadium. I'm like, it's, it's the Malte Maluca meal. And we're talking about euros. Not dollars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you 
you you charging too much in in a in a for for the Portuguese reality cost of living, and and this glutz just across the street we're charging much less. So everyone before the game they go over there they 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 get a nice little buzz going on a nice dinner before they go to the game and then they go to the game and no one is buying off the stuff inside the stadium because we they overcharging. So that's another thing that that in Portugal. They don't. They don't learn. They just don't learn. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, though, that's that's not even just the Portugal thing. I think that's most. Uh, I mean, even here, if if we compare beer prices to even a TFC game, it's ridiculous. I don't know about about in the states, but um, I, I imagine I it's no, more no. too. Oh, Denny, I understand. I get what you're saying, though. But, I do get what you're saying. But when you when you know for a fact your there's competitors outside yeah. your gates charging X amount, don't yeah, you, that's you a good should point. get your your prices closer to them? Yeah, for as sure, as, for sure. As you, as you probably Camila. Yeah, but it's not America. In America, you can charge twelve dollars for a beer. People still gonna drink it. Yeah, because there's nobody else around us. That's a good point, actually. That, that's right. There's and nobody I, else around in the stadiums that'll sell that, anyways. And, and yeah. it's not only that because it, let's say it's me, my wife, and you, your girlfriend, and Chris and his girlfriend, and Joel and his girlfriend. We go all together as couples, and no one's gonna be cheap that night. Everyone's gonna be fuck it. Let's. I'm gonna buy it because you know I'm not that cheap. I'm gonna buy it. So everybody hands out hands up buying. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. Could um, I just sorry? Go for it. Right. Could I just uh, say one more thing? Yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you guys have been following what's been going on, but uh, you guys been hearing about what's been happening with this guy called Cesar Boaventura? Yes. Uh, so basically, if I quickly uh, say what's happened, it was that apparently he he wanted to pay uh, rival players to to lose on purpose against Benfica in the 2015-16 season. So <laughs> now he's gonna go to court, I believe. And Verandas just had a a press conference where he briefly mentioned about it. And that he he apparently said that uh, he's gonna do everything that he can uh, to to basically to pursue the to pursue the the truth in in all matters. Um, so which basically means that at the end we could be awarded the rightful champion of of Portugal for the 15-16 season. So uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> it's not gonna happen, man. We're talking about Mickey Mouse Portugal. He's not bad concept. We've been fighting for four titles that we won. We actually won in the in the in the 1933 to 37, and it's 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 in the books that we want those four titles, and they don't want to give it to uh, to us. Well, they, they still call them Campeonatos Portugal. Yeah, I, I don't understand that either. So, really yeah. so the season 2015 and 2016, that's when we finished with 83 points. And and uh, everyone knows that we got robbed. Even Benficius knows that. The the ones with more common sense and the the, the ones that uh, you know they, they want to speak about the truth. Yeah, like one percent of them. No, I am I shocked. I'm they'll, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. They'll never admit it live on a podcast, of course not. But uh, that season we got robbed. I mean, there's a lot of questionable, questionable games 
and Riwab was one of them. They they lost five nothing, I believe, that game. And, yeah, I think uh, it was quite a uh, it was quite a a big result. Yeah, they said look closely to that game and you'll see some players. You'll see who's who are the corrupt players. That's what. Yeah. They, but it doesn't matter. I mean, we have cash. We have we have uh, cash ball. People have a misunderstanding about cash ball. They they say cash ball is attached to Sporting. No, it's not. Cash ball was a scheme that was going on, and the, the highest bidder got the services. And the bidders, you know, I hate to say, it, maybe Sporting was included too. But Benfica and Porto were included too, because the referees in in and uh, ball, okay, patins, volleyball, and all that stuff, they don't make a lot of money, so they easily corrupted. So it was a scheme going on, and the highest bidder got the, their services. And what was the services? A, a wrong call or a, a call that was supposed to be called. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the game against football com Porto, e Sporting com Portugal, and o Kim Patiscas perdeu 3 yeah, you, you could see a penalty that wasn't called in our favor against Pedro Gil. You saw the, 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 uh, the, 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 the player from Porto using his stick and hooking his, his patin, and he didn't call it. And then two minutes later, he calls a penalty against us. He called two pen penalties back-to-back. Bang, bang. And then we lost because, because you know, they, they have great players. One-on-one -on -one against Giron, they scored. But the corruption is back in Portugal. They're just finding a different way of using the VAR in their favor. Like, now the VAR, it's, it's, if it's the, the play is uh, in, uh, uh, inconsistent, you can use the VAR. Oh, that's the excuse. Oh, the play yeah. is, is inconclusive. We, we can use the VAR. But now they can use the VAR to say, hey, that, that was a red card because the guy was going by, by, by himself, like o Porto Maritimo, minute seven. They, they showed a red card to uh, uh, Lucas Africo. Are you kidding me? A red card? You kidding me? So, I, so, so I Capella, think it's all right. I'm not going to lie. No, I don't think it's a red at all. But I, mean, you, yeah. so that I, was, I see both sides, but I think it's more of a red because he is last man. But. Hey, so, so we're going to see 20 reds every fucking weekend. Mm. Uh, That's yeah. not a typical play, though. But anyways, yeah, I, I, I also see your point. It also is soft. The guy does go down soft, like really, really soft. But at the end of the day, the defender, had, Africa has his arm around him, and he doesn't get anywhere near the ball. So. Okay, but uh, who pressed the issue for that red card? What do you mean? It was the VAR. The VAR. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. That, I, so, that I'm with you there. I agree with you because he first gave him a yellow, right? And a penalty yeah, or something like that? Yeah. No, no penalty. It was just a foul outside the box. Yeah, but I mean, at first, didn't the referee point for the penalty spot or something like that? No, because he wasn't. Okay, then never mind. Never mind. That was a, that was a different play. Than, uh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah that, was be, that was before that. But okay, then. all I'm saying is the referees now, the corrupt referees now, they could, they could use the VAR to, to say, hey, the VAR is is on my side. It it says that I should have given a red card, and here it is. So yeah. corruption is back, and I think I think I think Porto is controlling it now much better than anybody. Yeah. Anyways, um, we'll move on to Mudalidadros. This might not even upload on SoundCloud because <laughs> uh, we're a uh, little bit in. Uh, so Steph, take it away with Mudalidad, bro. Okay, Mudalidad. So we just spoke about Sporting against Santa Clara. We won one nothing. Uh, like Joel said, uh, we won against Bifica at Seixal 2-1 for the under-23. Um, then um, 
the youth didn't play because they were called for the national teams. Uh, the ladies, uh, we went away to Albuquerque, uh, which is close to my hometown, and they won 2 nothing. It was a tough game. Uh, futsal, we won against SMA's 5-1, good game. Uh, the uh, Futsal Feminine, we lost. Uh, our season is basically done for, for, for the ladies. Um, and ball, we lost against uh, Football Club Porto 28-23 for the Portuguese Cup. So we out of the Portuguese, Portuguese Cup. Uh, the, the referee stunk big, big time. I'm not using it as an, as an excuse, but they did. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I, I watched portions of the game, but you know, what I saw was enough. Okay, Patins, I watched the whole game. Porto won 3 1 against Sporting, but the referees were verdadeiramente caseiros. Caseiros. You could, you could see that the, the referees did everything possible to give this victory to Football Club Porto. So, cash ball is well and alive, and the better. The biggest bidder for this game was Football Club Port, without a doubt. Um, volleyball, we lost against uh, uh, Fonto do Estart, and uh, we had it coming. Uh, we barely won against them last time, and we out of the Portuguese Cup as well. Uh, Feminines uh, and Ball, we won 3-1, which is good, against Mamed, San Mamed. And then the following day, we won against André Praiens, uh, 3-0. So we're in second place in the second division of Portugal. And uh, tennis table, uh, we won um, our two games, 4 nothing and 4 nothing against Galumar and Primer de Mayo. And basically, that's all I have. All right, beautiful. And uh, next game is uh, a bit away, but it's going to be March 31st um, at Shabj against Shabj. Uh, Joel, I'll, I'll, I'll ask for uh, what are your thoughts, previews, and predictions for uh, the Shabj game? I think it's going to be a very tough, tough game, despite Shabs being bottom of the league. But I think they're going to they're going to give us a fight. But I still think that we're going to win. I'm saying two one, two one for Sporting, Quach and Bruno Fernandes scoring. Nice. And uh, Patrick, how about you? Thoughts and 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 a little preview and prediction of uh, Shabs Sporting. Yeah. Um, obviously. Uh, Shabs have their pride hurt, obviously being down the bottom as well. And they'll be desperately trying to get as many points as they can. And yeah, a win against Sporting for them could be the start of a of a unforgettable revival. So they'll be up for it, uh, I'm sure. But you know, Sporting has to turn up and uh, and and get the points themselves to make sure they can at least um, claw back third place. Um, so for me, I would go for a sporting win. Uh, we have to win, um, yeah. and I would, I would still go with um, it being a tough game. I'll, I'll, I'll mirror uh, what Joel said, and and I'll go for a two-one win as well. Yeah, um, I'll quickly give him my prediction before I pass it off to Steph and Chris. I think it'll also be a really tough game. Shavs have done well. They current, they just got. Um, What's his name? Manuel Mott, I believe, as, as manager, who did good work at, at Avj. They're, you know, I think they're one point off safety or about two points off safety now. So um, the, the, the bottom, the bottom, the survival race is, is, is really heating up with like at least like six, seven teams in there. Um, and, and I'm really not confident about our away form. That's kind of why I'm, I'm going in the middle now. I'm going to say it's a 1-1 uh, draw. 
Uh, Steph, what are your predictions on uh, Shav Sporting? Yeah, Shav's just uh, j they just went away uh, against the, uh, the, the, the 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 Sportive Dabs. They yeah, won, yeah. won nothing. Yeah. So they they have now 24 points. It's just one point below the uh, the uh, relegation. Uh, then you have Stubel and Tondela and uh, Nacional with 26, Bovista with 26, and Avs with 26. So they yeah. in the, they're in the race. The only yeah. one that's out of the race is Freirins. They have 15 points. Uh, so with that said, yeah, it's going to be a difficult game. With Zemota, he is a known, uh, experienced play, uh, coach. He's going to play home, but he's going to play de defensively. He's, he's not going to give a shit. He's not going to play a, a, a pretty game. He's going to play defensively. It's going to be a very tough game for Sporting. And I'll say, you know, I'll say 2-1 for Sporting. But, uh, but you know, the 1-1, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, even at 2-2, if, if, yeah. if, we, if we score early, we control the game, they pace up the game, I think we'll have a shot to, to win the game. But Chavez is, is, is motivated with the last win. They just got away. Plus, it was away. So now they're playing home yeah. against uh, – and you know how it is. These players playing against the big teams, they give it all. So we'll see. 2-1 for Sporting. For sure. And last but not least, Chris, what are your predictions? Yeah, I think it's going to be a similarly hard-fought game to the one we just played. Um, so, yeah, definitely won't be an easy task. And uh, we need to keep winning. And uh, Braga plays Porto, so – Finally, a real chance for Braga to lose some points. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah, so uh, I think we win 1-0, hard-fought game, and uh, hopefully we can move into third uh, if Braga loses. But with that said, Chris, that's one we usually fuck it up. It's one we have yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially. Let me see who plays first. Yeah. He, he just, he just, you just reminded me, yeah, Braga's going to play against Sport, and most likely they lose, and we're going to lose too. <laughs> Uh, Especially if they play first, and we already know that all we have to do is win to get into third. Uh, they haven't made up. They haven't made up the time schedule yet. It's all so. Yeah. So hopefully we play mind. first. Then I think. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think we'll play. Uh no. Yeah, because Porto and Benfica, I think they'll have a year. No, but Porto game. might have. Porto might play first because they have uh, Champions League. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Benfica and Quinta. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Another podcast. In the books, Joel, all the way from Luxembourg. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for always uh, interacting with us on YouTube, on Twitter. Thank you very much, Bo. We really appreciate you, man. So, so thank you for stopping on by, man. Yeah, well, uh, I want to thank you guys once again to, to invite me on the podcast. It was great. Anytime. And you're welcome back anytime as well. Uh, yeah, we'd love to. Yeah. All right, great. Sounds like a plan then. Uh, yeah. Chris, Patrick, Steph, thank you as always. Everybody that's yeah. listening, thank you guys as always. Don't forget Spreadshirt uh, 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 if you guys want to buy some merch. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be seeing you soon. Uh, long Enjoy this long international break without having to stress about Spartan, everybody. Shout, <laughs> um, out. shout out to Kevin and uh, to CR28. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, shout out to Kevin and, and Chris in the chats uh, um, uh, on YouTube today. Thank you very much, guys. And, um, and yeah, uh, without any further ado... Um, Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll sorry, because you're just on the chat right now. Chris, I'll, I'll message you that the link right away on Twitter. And uh, yeah, anyways, guys, thank you very much. Take care, and uh, viva Sporting. Viva Sporting. Ciao. Ciao.
Vai. Beijinho. <risos>